I miss my ass up. Ladies and future boys, welcome to another episode of the School for Wayward Nerds. It is another Ed Gein Thursday, and for today's lesson, we'll be hitchhiking back to Tim Burton's Gotham City and talking about the 1992 film Batman Returns. I am your host, Toby DePola, and I am joined by White Collar, mm. Kai Steen, yeah. and Megan Chicken Tickle. Isn't she um, Cannonball? Yeah. No, he still didn't. Are you Cannonball Kyle? No, we haven't come up before. Before we jump in, if you like this shit show podcast, give it a rating and review on iTunes, subscribe to hear more, and jump on the social media at wayward underscore nerds on Twitter and school for wayward nerds on Facebook. Uh, with that sorted, class is now in session. Kyle? Is that picking up? Yes. Okay. Oh. Pause it on So, Batman Returns, directed by Tim Burton and kind of based on the characters by DC Comics. I say kind of because there's some weird and stereotypical Tim Burton-y sort of changes made in the film. Uh, originally, he had no interest in returning for a sequel after the 89 movie, but Warner Brothers set up a script with a guy named Sam Hamm, in which Catwoman and the Penguin both were targeting a hidden treasure somewhere in Gotham. Uh, Tim thought it over and decided he would only come back if he had more control over the film than he had in the previous one. He replaced uh, the Ham Man with Daniel Waters, and it's uncredited but widely known that Wesley Strick did one of the final rewrites, removing Robin and Two-Face to make room for an already pretty fucking crowded movie. Um, yeah, I can't imagine it with anyone else. Like, it's already too much. It is dense as fuck. Imagine if they had, like, two more subplots going on. Um, Batman Returns saw Michael Keaton returning as Batman, uh, along with Michael Goh, Kai's favourite Alfred. Uh, we see Danny DeVito as Penguin, which after watching Always Sunny back-to-back constantly, it's hard to accept that he isn't Frank, just up to something. Um, another two amazing parts of the film, for two very different reasons, are Michelle Pfeiffer and Christopher Walken. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is an iconic and amazing Catwoman, save for the weird origin stuff. And the, re- the rendition she does is like still very famous and iconic to this day. Meanwhile, on the other side of the universe is Christopher Walken awesomely playing Max Shrek, the corrupt businessman who at one point in the Batman film said, Um, Meanwhile, his his son Chip does an impression of him. It's great, like, to try and match. Why did Christopher Walken talk like that? Um, cool. No, because he had... His dad was from Poland or somewhere, and he would pause in his sentences to try and figure out the English language as he went so Christopher kind of picked up on those weird pauses throughout his talking you bet you didn't think I had an answer for that did you? you made that up no because I checked because I was like why does he do that? Um, the opening credits to this film improve a lot compared to the first movie which was just like the the bat symbol Um, in this we get a little bit of backstory we see a rich Cobblepot family have their first child and how did that go for him, Trap? Um, they don't know what bins are, so they have to go to the river. Yep, so before the title even happens, we see the abortion of a living baby. Um, obviously, it's super weird, but the musical score in the, in the opening scenes is pretty, like, over-the-top Tim Burton fancy. Yeah, Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um, he did the operatic and gothic soundtrack for the film. Um, it does feel insanely like Nightmare Before Christmas. Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah, you can tell that he did both. It's very, very obvious. Simpsons intro. Danny Elfman. Um, Sam Winston is credited in this movie too. Uh, we mentioned him way back in our Iron Man episode. Um, again, he's just like the prop dude. He made all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. The Predator from Predator. The Terminators from Terminator, etc. All the bits. Yep. He also did the Iron Man suit in the Marvel movies. Um, another credit that seems obvious between this movie and the 89 film is Bo Welch replacing Anton Firth as production designer. Uh, he worked with Tim Burton previously on Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. Um, he, and he also went on to gr- direct The Cat in the Hat and is currently doing the series of Unfortunate Events Netflix series. Oh, so he was kicking goals and now he's a fucker. At what point was he a fucker? <laughs> series of unfortunate events so so you still put cat in the hat pretty high on the that's not, that is not a bad movie <laughs> do you want to tell me why that is 
it's, it it's funny. It is actually. It's like it's pretty so crazy for like a kids' movie. A lot of weird shit goes on. Um, yeah, after the credit roll stuff, the movie skips forward 30 years. 33. And, yep, 33 and change into the future. We arrive in Gotham for the tree lighting ceremony, reminding us that this dark and grotesque movie that involves child genocide and genital mutilation is also a Christmas movie. Yay. What What do you guys think? What? It's a Christmas movie. Who gets genital mutilation? Alright, I forgot to put it in my notes, so I'll tell you now. Spoilers. But when Penguin finally cracks the shits and decides to blow up all of the people of Gotham, he specifically says men and women, it doesn't matter, with their androgynous zones blown sky high. That is specifically going to blow dicks and pussies off. Wow. But he's so... Short? No, like... It's it's very good, though, because he's not being, um... Gender biased. Yeah. You can't be sexist if no one has anything and you're all dead. Yep, that's it. Oh, but every time he talks to a girl, he's like, Ugh. Oh yeah, he's a fucking pervert. Yeah. <laughs> so Normal penguin's not up? like that, is he? Fuck no. No, like it's... Oh. Um, what do you guys think of the Gotham City in this? Oh, I hate it. With all the big German expressionistic statues of dudes holding shit up and big faces everywhere beams between buildings yeah it's a bit of a mess shit. <laughs> as i said it makes more sense yeah you you have the theory that a I... weird town like that would make a weird man like a batman yeah yeah like someone who's in new york isn't going to become the personification of an animal whether it be penguin or batman or catwoman in that town, it's so over the top that that's the only way they can survive. Yeah, the place is already fucking bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with gay architecture. <laughs> yes, it does. It has everything to do with gay architecture. Then how come every single Spider-Man villain and character is an animal? Oh, because he's, they're all I'm friends saying. with Peter Parker. It doesn't make sense. It it's makes more sense like than there's a gay statue, world. I'm going to become a human crocodile. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That makes exact sense. It fits in better. Um, it doesn't really have to make sense, though. Like, it's, it's a, a it's comic. A fucking it's, comic. Comic. It's, a, it's a Tim Burton movie. We don't have and to a comic. really think about it too much. It's fine. Also, when you see that, you're like, oh, that's Gotham from those shitty movies. You're not like, oh. Yeah, but Gotham was Gotham's never like town. that. So no, no one's going to look at it and go, that's Gotham. They're going to say that's a shit movie. Um, I also love the big Felix the Cat uh, logo. Yeah, the one that they have at the Shrek department store. Why aren't they getting sued? Because that's his logo. It's all throughout the movie. Felix the Cat's old as shit. He probably doesn't have a copyright <laughs> anymore. It reminds me of um, Genki Genko from Get Out of Hell. Professor Genki? Yes. From Saints Row? Yeah. He is good. That's what, that's what I think of when I see that. Well, that's good. I don't think of Felix the Cat. Um, so the the city, the the Gotham City in this movie, um, fifty percent of Warner Brothers Studio was Gotham City during the filming of this. Kai, you've been to there. Um, that's a lot, right? Yeah. You've been to Warner Brothers Studio. I have. Half of it. Half of it was specifically for this one movie. Yeah, it's all the outside bit. Hmm. It's from the graveyard all the way back through um, Stars Hollow. Nah. Um, and except for the Penguin's Lair, they put that at Universal Studios. That makes sense. Um, so, not far from the ceremony, the, the tree lighting one, we see a meeting between the Gotham Mayor and a businessman and literal big wig, Max Shrek. He does have a big fucking weird wig. Um, while Selena Carl awkwardly serves coffee, Max talks about his power plant project. Um, the mayor is like, bruh, we got more power than we need already. Um, skipping through this movie. Um, wow, my words are bad here. Yeah, okay, so we're just going to follow the power plant subplot here just to figure this fucking movie out. Because like, like Trey said, it is like a fucking thick... It's a thick cabanara sauce of... 
Did Trey say yeah. that? No, he said exactly that. You heard him. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> but maybe. All right. I might not have been there. So here we go. Step one. Max wants to build a power plant. Maya doesn't want it because it's dumb. Um, doesn't even not he does he doesn't even knock it totally back. He's like, hey, you should have like builders and landowners and city council shit if you want to do that. Why are you coming to me first? And then step two. Turns out the plant will actually suck power up so Max can sell it at a higher price, but people don't need it, so why pay more if they've already got it? Um, he then kills Nosy Secretary. Hmm. Step three. Max decides the solution is to get a different mayor, one that won't care about his power plant. So he starts getting a mutant sewer boy running for office during Christmas. Step four, Max forgets to continue with this shit for the next hour and ten minutes of the movie. No, because everyone <laughs> hates Penguin because they have um, a recording of him being naughty. Yeah, he starts- so then he's just like fuck this isn't working yeah but he just gives up on his little power plant well we don't know that we don't talk to him anymore they give up on the character (laughs) um I can see some parts of this plot have been used and some have been tossed aside during all the several rewrites yeah like it's clearly jumbled by like more than one people working on it which happens a lot in 80s movies I think well it happens a lot now yeah it's just it's was, it was very obvious in the old days. Yeah, but it hasn't started yet. Is we don't know. Exactly. I mean, you can tell the scenes between Joss Whedon and whoever the fuck did the, I like Christopher Nolan. In Justice League. Yeah, no, I mean, but they took Joss off back up. You just wanted a Buffy movie. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, another. This stupid meeting scene that we've gone through here, it also is a good point to bring up Tim Burton's version of Selena Kyle, an awkward, frail, and timid little woman who is pushed out of a skyscraper and revived when several cats eat her fingers. Yeah. Trey, how accurate of an origin are we talking here? I don't know, because she doesn't have an origin to me. I I did a bit of digging around, you guys. woman is good at sneaking, has... Slot outfit, that end. Trey, that's not even close to the origin. Let's go. Here we go. She's a stripper. I found her original origin in Batman issue 62. Um, it was maybe even stupider than this version. So, here we go. December 1950. Catwoman revealed that she was a flight attendant who got amnesia after a plane crash, turning to a life of crime. What? <laughs> she dumped her head and she said, fuck it. Still like dumped her head at work or Yeah, when the plane hit the fucking ground, she said, you know what? I'm gonna steal diamonds now. Yeah, okay. Good. That's also why her costume had nothing diamonds. to do with a cat. Clearly whoever wrote uh the Brave and the Bold issue um one hundred and ninety seven thought that was dumb because he he added that she made that crap up to avoid actually admitting that she just had a life of crime the entire life. Like she's always been a little criminal, like Aladdin in the movie Aladdin. But so she, her, her head bop thing he decided was a lie he changed it it's like that is fucking so stupid bless his heart yeah um her origin isn't touched again until Batman Year One which delved into the life of crime stuff with the dark gritty way you'd expect from fucking Frank Miller um making Mystery. her just a dominatrix prostitute if you recall correctly um these days it's less prostitution and more street rat turned professional thief what she's a prostitute in this one or just in general what was that that's her origin that's the only like origin that has ever stuck with me Catwoman was a prostitute Hmm. I'm sure they cover her origin in that Anna Santi book so I will never find out she is a crow (laughs) no she's not a damn crow she's a fucking cat what is wrong with that guy you know how you know how in the movie Mm -hmm. she gets attacked by the cats yeah they give her a nibble in Anna Santi she gets attacked by a crow and she became Catwoman and then she became Catwoman because cats eat birds. She's afraid of birds. Because they ate her face. You upset me. I'm a little bit sleepy. Yeah. After they discuss the power plant stuff, we head down to the Christmas tree lighting ceremony and Max gives a speech, only he forgot his speech and he just kind of meanders a bit in a worthless scene until the Red Triangle Gang show up. No, because that's what he says. We'll just blame it on the secretary. Yeah. 
but he just comes up and does a speech for a bit about how he would like world peace. And it's like, why did I even take the time to film this? Yeah. Yeah. So between these two apparently unknown elements, I stopped the movie and did a bit more research. Uh, Max Shrek was originally going to be the Harvey Dent character receiving a shitload of tweaks until he was a corrupt department store owner named after the actor who played Count Orlock in 1922's Nosferatu. What a fucking wild, wild ride that was. Mm, so so originally the movie was going to have Harvey Dent and him getting blown up at the end was going to be his origin as Two-Face. But in, there's so many tweaks to the movie it became a different guy who's named after a Nosferatu character's actor. Because <laughs> Tim Burton. Okay. Okay, yeah, alright. That's pretty much the excuse for a lot of things in this movie. Yeah. Um, he was also to appear in the Batman animated series, because those were based off the success of the Tim Burton movies. Um, he was switched out for Roland Daggett. So there was a point where Max Shrek was going to be the guy who created Clayface. Take that as you will. Um, As for the Red Triangle Gang, they are circus freaks for the sake of this movie, and the only other appearance in DC Comics is the movie adaptation of this movie. Um, With the Red Triangle Gang up to some hijinks and attempting to kidnap Max Shrek, uh, the bat signal's lit, and the music is just crazy beautiful and fancy as we see... Um, a great Bruce Wayne um, he's just kind of sitting in the dark waiting for crime and the lights shine right to his house yeah they've got this weird mechanism all over Wayne Manor where there's just a bunch of mirrors with the bat symbol on them yeah, and so when shines- it's in the sky somehow it reflects that onto a series of mirrors and into his library which is dangerous if he has visitors Mm, yeah. Or anybody. Looking. Yeah, anyone looking at the roof of and his house. Being like, hey, whoa, I can actually or if he's in way. any other roof of his house. Yeah, just somewhere else. I think the perfect version of a Wayne Manor is the. I think it's in Arkham Origins. How you've got the city on a series of islands, and then you've got like the big cliff face, and Wayne Manor's up on that. So oh, he would be able to so see all of Gotham like City. Yes, yeah, so they, they, they sort of do it in that too. But yeah, that sort of idea of that's, it being like on a hill nearby so it can look down and yeah. see all that shit makes more sense than presumably miles and miles of mirror systems. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you guys think that Bruce does when he isn't being Batman or in public doing his billionaire Probably thing? Training. Yeah, I suppose. He doesn't really do much training or fighting in this movie. So he just kind of sits in the dark being cranky. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the quote. Um, what did you think of the scene of Batman taking down the Red Triangle game in his Batmobile? I like the gadgets that he'll never need again. Clothesline. Yeah, he has, he has the clothesline button. <laughs> the trippity Yeah, he got a trip-over button. And he's got, he's a, got the spinny button. Yeah, there's a giant piston in the bottom of the Batmobile that raises it spins and it spins it around, which literally takes up the entire human part of the Batmobile which also set a man on fire mm-hmm. um, you'll come for a bit yep. and him setting a Satan man on fire is not the most brutal thing he does to a human being in this movie mm-hmm. um, we also see Selina Kyle first meet the Batman mm-hmm. um, she's held at taser point by a fat boy clown and Batman yanks some concrete at him it sounds like I've written that sentence bad, but that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, this Kyle is charmingly awkward and kind of sad as a person. And then she gives the clown a cheeky tase and has a giggle. And still the tase. Yep, she keep it. Uh, meanwhile, Batman finds Commissioner Gordon in the, uh, sort of in the aftermath of the gang riots. Yeah. Um, the bond between these two in the comics is so fucking absent from the Burden and Schumacher universe. Like, he's just a bumbling Chief Wiggum-looking motherfucker in this, and yeah, it's super disappointing. not favourite. He's all like, oh, thanks for saving my city, Batman. I'll suck your dick, because oh. I'm just a little punk bitch. And then Batman just kind of, like, wanders away from him like an asshole too. <laughs> There's nothing about it that is good, huh? Yeah. 
Do you think maybe they just hired a fat policeman and forgot about Commissioner Gordon so they quickly changed his name and it was too late to edit Which anything Gordon's else? Gordon's overrated anyway. I'm glad they didn't give a fuck about him. <laughs> they clearly didn't give a fuck about him. Um, another meanwhile, we see Shrek get captured in the sewers and transported to the most Burton-y looking zoo you ever did see. It's not even a zoo, it's an abandoned amusement park that still has animals in it. Yeah, that says zoo at the front, but it's clearly not a fucking zoo. Um, with gothic architecture and a score underlaying it, the highlight is a giant crab statue, I think. There's also... Yeah, it looks like the one out of Moana. Yeah. Inside... It's like hermit crab, I don't think it looks. like it, because he was shiny. <laughs> he just had snow on him. Wow. <laughs> Inside the zoo, we get the first piece of a very loose plan by the penguin. Um, you want to talk about him visually before we get into his whole fucking... Uh, not to put the image in my head. Um, how about you, Carl? He's, he's gross. He's got a big snores, and he's constantly oozing green out of his mouth. Yeah, why is he doing that? And his that? teeth are gross, and they're, like, filed down into points. And I, he has tiny little legs for... How yeah, but that's just that's just Danny DeVito. I don't think they edited his leg height. <laughs> no, but they did edit his hunch height because the back of his neck is bigger than his face. Yeah, he's wearing like the big pillow suit, like Uncle Fester in the Adams Family yeah. reboot. Yeah. Um, I fucking I like comic book penguin. Mm. They made a weird choice with him being raised by penguins, but also being raised by a circus, depending on what scene you're watching and how convenient it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's um. I always talk about that one moment in the detective comics where he's he's not on a date but he's got like a girl visiting him and he's trying to be like romantic and showing her his sweet like cassowary collection and he goes to the kitchen to get some champagne and you just hear glass break or you see it mm-hmm. and she's like hey are you okay in there penguin and he's like yeah it's fine don't even come in definitely don't come in you know and it cuts to inside the kitchen and the glass was not like the champagne it was the window and Batman just like stomped his way in you want he's like interrogating Penguin on the other side of the door yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, no, it's okay it's okay I'm just getting held by the throat oh, I, I dropped the glass and then I beat myself up <laughs> I fell yeah and he's you know he's, he always looks much nicer than he does in this movie um so his his plot let's get into that let's figure this out everybody Part one. Which one? Which plot? <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be a fucking whole thing. Okay. Part one: blackmail Max Shrek into making him popular and allowed to go on the surface again. Part two: find his family. Turns out they're dead. Part three: jump on board hit the mayoral thing, become, become the mayor or some shit. Step four: frame Batman for murder so people like Penguin more. Ah. Uh, Part five: Shit can the earlier stuff and then blow the genitals off all the children in Gotham. He's like, I want to kill every firstborn, but apparently only if they're under like two years old. But we're not going to say that. We're just going to kill every firstborn. Yeah, he goes to kill the firstborn, so then Batman saves. He just he just beats up the kidnappers. He says, "Fuck it, everyone!" <laughs> like the escalation he goes to is amazing. It's like a kid throwing a tantrum. It's like I didn't get this one thing. I'm gonna. Wreck everything. But now. he's got like eight levels of tantrum. It just keeps going. Yeah. It's like, I want to be where the people are. I want to see see them dancing. Oh, no. And then he gets up there and he goes, where's mom? Oh, they're dead. Yeah. And then he goes, I'm going to be mayor. <laughs> I'm going to run this town instead of just living it. So and then he says, I'm going to kill all the firstborns. Everybody must die. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Because they didn't let me be mayor. I'm going to blow all the dicks and pussies. I'm sure he had too many rewrites to make any sense as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can imagine him going through the list of children born in Gotham as part of the end game there, but it's so barely tangible and swept around like five other story arcs, it becomes just a fucking mess and it's hard to perceive where he was going from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, it all seems like, yeah, he just goes from wanting to be high life guy until just being the weirdest shit ever. Um, I also like Max barely gives a fuck during the whole meeting with the monster penguin man. Like, this is one of the most docile Christopher Walkens I've ever seen in a movie where everyone is just ballistically chewing scenery. Um, 
You know, he's he wakes up in a fucking underground penguin cave in the sewer with a bunch of clown henchmen and a girl who looks like her poodle. Yeah. Yep, she's there and she he's just real slow. Yeah, he's just he's barely interested. Like Penguin gives him the severed hand of his business partner he had killed and he's like, I guess that's no good. Like mm-hmm. wow. Like I don't really care what you have to say. Yeah. Oh that guy don't yeah, cool. Hmm. Yeah, we, we cut away from them plotting their weird haphazard schemes and check in on Selena after a busy day. Um, Kai, you want to describe her apartment to the listeners? It's very pink. It looks like strawberry yogurt was molded into a house and then filled with weird, sh- like, lonely girl shit. Yeah. Like cats and weird couches with, with sports on them. I like cats. Mm. Um, she also assumes her cat is a massive slut. Yeah. I love that. Her cat comes in through the window. It's like, oh, you're back from fucking constantly, mate? That's good. Good on yeah. You know, we've, we've, we've summarized that, but that's about what she says. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I also realized while taking the notes that the cat does a big meow at her while still drinking the milk. Oh. Like, the lapping up sound overlaps the cat's meow, which I thought was weird, and I'll probably never be able to not notice again. Mm. Um... You got the, um, hello there neon sign in her bedroom? Yes. Which is another sort of iconic moment in the film, but it's very weird that this mousy woman would have it in the first place. Maybe it was so when she moved in. Maybe. So she's, like, so quiet and boring about everything. Yeah, and she's got, like, this sick-ass fucking neon light in her bedroom next to a dollhouse that no adult should have. Um... Yep, she realises she forgot something at work and heads back to the office. Yeah. Well, but get she it. left the reminder on her phone at home. Yeah. You used to do that back in the day. Yeah, so she like Because she didn't have the note button on so your phone. So that she goes home to go back to work. Yeah, but she, it she says forgot on all that it. bullshit. Like, it have says. one, like, with your shit at work. Yeah, maybe write it down instead of ringing yourself. Yeah, write it down. It says it. I know that you've come home and you've forgotten to do it. I think it's just because she hates herself. She's like, hey, fuck you, you have to go back to work. No, when you used to have, like, tape... A voice no, but answering machine? No, not saying yeah, she didn't have it. an alarm on her fucking iPhone. i just... It's, it's more that she probably could have done a post-it note. At work. <laughs> Maybe jot that down somewhere. Because you don't think to look at your desk. You're right, Pat. Answering machines were invented before pens and paper. No, but you used to, like, do it because you'd get home and you'd be like, oh, there's a message on my machine because it used to blink red. So you'd click the message and then you'd hear it and you'd be like, oh, yeah. The person with the IQ above two would have just put a bit of paper on their handbag or something, which she has when she comes home. Yeah, she got all that stuff. All right, she has to go back to work. and, And while getting all the shit together for a meeting about the dumb power plant with Bruce Wayne the following day, she goes into the files that say, hey, it's a backwards power plant, it's bad. Um, the redacted files. Yep, she's... And she openly admits to her boss that she's hacked his computer yeah, and she's, all the private shit. Yeah, she's caught by uh, Mr. Shrek. And this is where we get the transformation. Shrek talks about how his plant, the plant is for his son, Chip. Um, He will also... He will... You know, he's willing to kill to protect it. So he his son has a legacy of money, I think. I don't, it's loose. It's a very loose thing. Yeah. It's what he leaves behind for his son Chip, who's weird. He's weird. Yeah. Well. So so out the window she goes. Uh, once on the ground, some possibly godlike cats warm her like ants on some jizz at a bus stop. Once she snaps awake, um, she goes back to home in like a perverted mess of the earlier scene. Mm. Um, yeah. It it's. She comes in and does sort of the same stuff as she did earlier, but she's all shaky and looks like she's tripping some balls. Uh, she pours some milk for her cat, but her cat's already, like, in the bowl, so she just pours a bunch of milk on her cat and then fucking slams it down like the gallon chugging thing is still trendy. Uh, she plays her new voicemails, and there's one, like, a tally marker on there about Perfume getting her boss to harass her sexually, and that reminds her of what, she, what went down, and she gets real mad loses her fucking marbles and feeds her teddy bears to a sink. Yes. Garbage. Yeah. Several more cats just kind of wander into the apartment as she smashes all of her shit, including the neon light, which now says hell here. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, she graffiti tags her walls, clothes, and a dollhouse, and frantically begins st- stitching together the tightest latex suit ever to be shown outside of Bondage Born. We did it. Yay. Um, seriously, I'm going to get into the cat suit a bit here because it's one of the most interesting parts of the behind the scenes. All right. Each one costed $1,000 to make. Uh, the movie went through 60 of them. What? They were vacuum sealed, so she would need to be opened in between scenes for breathing purposes. Uh, it was also such a fuck around that to get in and out, she would, like, she would just end up wearing them the whole day. It was easier. 12 hours straight, she would have to wear this vacuum sealed suit. What if she had to pee? Well, she would just have to not do that. She would just poke a hole in her vacuum. No, this isn't George Clooney and Batman and Robin literally pissing in his own suit out of laziness. Oh, no. Um, I don't know. I reckon she would have. Nah, she's too dignified of a lady. You don't piss your pants that much. <laughs> I don't piss my pants ever. Ah. Um, another fun fact that I didn't know before this. Do you know why she wasn't in the film Batman Forever? Because Tim Burton and Daniel Waters were developing a spin-off movie before the Halle Berry one. Uh-huh. I would have liked to have seen that. The amount of spin-offs we discover from the original like Batman movies is pretty crazy. Yeah. There was a Catwoman, there was a Nightwing, there was going to be a Superman one that was going to be bad. Um, Christopher Walken and Tim Burton got along so well in the making of this that he was going to be Brainiac in that. Ah. So Nicolas Cage versus Christopher Walken. Oh my god. Sweet well, baby fucking Christ. Don't do it. Oh. Um, so before we get to the proper reveal of the Catwoman persona, which is ruined now. Only if you watch the Blu-ray. Yeah, it's weird. Like, originally... She's like a silhouette, and you don't get a good look at the costume until later. Mm. But now that it's so remastered and beautiful, you can plainly see her as as the costume's like barely finished. Yeah, it's weird. Um, we go to see how Oswald Cobblepot reveals himself to the public eye in a weird scene that is just when it's out of context and is very strange. So the mayor is making a public statement about the gang violence. When a clown cartwheels in and steals the mayor's baby, really taking his time with it. <laughs> um, he then jumps into the sewer and the crowd listens to him go, Oh no, a hideous penguin man, here take the baby, just don't hurt me. Oh no. The penguin then rides on a scissor lift shaped like a duck that couldn't possibly rise into the surface because the duck's head is taller than him. But nevertheless, he appears to Gotham City with the baby safe and sound as some, like, bonkers heroic music goes around in the background. Like, he gets a more heroic score in that scene than Batman does the entire fucking film. Batman's not even in the film. Yeah, that's why I haven't talked about his plot. He just is kind of, like, there sometimes. He's like, oh, there's bonkers stuff here. I guess I'll go to bed. Well, that's the thing. Tim Burton is really only interested in the villains. It was the same in the in the 89 movie. There's a lot more Joker in that than there is Batman. Um. Um, from there, the Penguin goes through the birth certificates of Gotham City until he discovers his parents, who who passed before. While he's he... there, he's writing down every first thought. Mm. Um, they unfortunately, I, I thought it was because he was keeping track to find out what his actual name is, but it could be a lot of things. Because well, like he hasn't written on the same bits of paper yeah. later. Um, yeah, his parents had passed before he could reconcile with them. Um, and yeah, I wanted your opinion on this. Trey, you've sort of got it there. A, he already knew his parents were dead and was just getting all the firstborns for the final scheme. B, um, it was because he lost his parents and then he decides to kill all families in Gotham. Or C, he did the firstborn thing, it's just a fuck it, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts from 89. I think that's it because he didn't have that playing until like the end of the movie yeah like, i think it, never it's part of the plot that's what i was saying about the plot being messy like that might have been the case but they don't they don't talk about it yeah, at they all didn't think that hard what about you kai what do you think um i agree with Troy. yeah i think you might be right um but we'll probably never know because it is unsolved oh no it's oh. unsolved We've discussed Max Shrek, 
and we've discussed the penguin uh batman's you know fucking not in this he's mostly reactive like even when even when catwoman does shrek at the end he just kind of is there yeah um yeah so we'll, we'll talk a bit about catwoman uh she's having the inner conflict part of the movie trying to figure out if she wants to live happily ever after with Bruce Wayne or get that sweet she's ass she's met like once yep or get that sweet ass revenge on Max for killing her in the you know earlier she joins with the penguin to get Batman um out of her assassination attempts yeah uh but he wants to smash so she clashes with him a little bit and penguin only wants to bang her cause like Meg said he is a weird little pervert in the essence like he wants to fill women's voids and he wants to put umbrellas in them and such it's very upsetting he's supposed to be a classy boy Kyle classy boy <laughs> um I think she has my favourite scene in the movie uh which sort of starts to bring us near the end of the nights about this movie because I didn't want to go too far into the plots and stuff yeah you should watch it and then get back to us. Yeah. I think it's... Next to Batman Forever, it's probably my favourite Batman movie. Nope. But I know that I've got a lot of nostalgia jading my opinions. Yeah. Um, so, I fucking adore this movie, but we can't do a month of episodes about it. So let's round things off a little bit here. I just I want to know what your favourite scene or moment is in this movie. I like when he has to get dressed up as Batman. He goes down into the back cave, and he goes. You just like him getting dressed. The bridge goes down. Yeah. And there's like three bat suits clearly on display, but no, if you walk just past the bat suits, there's a whole cupboard full of bat suits. And then he goes over and he picks up his cow, but his cow doesn't have the emblem on it because the bat suit has the emblem on it. But the cow has a bit that goes around the emblem. Maybe it plugs so in it like a seatbelt. Goes like all the way down his chest. Hmm. That's why I can't move his fucking neck in any of these movies. Yeah. Um, and there's also that's a, a nice fun slippery slide into the back. There. That's a better um hey suit me up scene than the ones to come. No. With the, you know the no no the Josh Schumacher versions just showing a lot of the butts and the nipples. There's like some weird cod piece yeah it's frames good. that are a bit longer than all the other ones. I don't know about that. No, it's good. Um, so my favorite one's the big party hosted by Max Shrek. Aside from the jazzy cover of Super Freak in the background, and the, that's just how dumb and clumsy the metaphor in it is. Um, but I think it's my favorite moment. Like, it's not overacted, all messy, and it feels like it's from a completely different movie because of the fact. Um, yeah, the metaphor is that Selena and Bruce go to a costume party in just their normal, formal wear. Uh, Tim Burton showing us that the secret identity is the mask to cover up who they really are, but then you have, like, a thousand people in costume and these two assholes who didn't dress up but still got past security and are not asked about it once. And she's been Catwoman for, like, I think three days or something. Well, yeah, it's a very couple-days-long movie. Um, yeah, so the details in it, uh, Christopher Walken is wearing a beanbag of a turban, which is great, like a big-ass genie one. It's a sultan hat. Well, it's, it's a sultan hat. Yeah. Um, Selena and Bruce dance together, and she says she wishes he was she was there to be with Bruce, but it's Max that brought her to the party, and Bruce is like, "Ew, you guys fucking." And she, you know, she laughs so hard she bends over and pulls a fucking gun from her garter belt, and Bruce like holds her in tight and tries to settle her shit down. Um, she relaxes long enough to quote something Batman said to Catwoman earlier. And Batman finishes the sentence that Catwoman had said, and there's a sudden realization, you know, of who they both are. And it's like this real sweet thing how, like, she's immediately starting to crush. It's like, do we have to, like, beat each other up now? He's like, let's go outside and. Yeah, let's, let's fucking. And then they don't let's talk this. See that let's figure again. this out. Um, uh, yeah, then the penguin shows up to announce he's stolen all the kids while all these people were at the party. Um, and he's also come for, ch- for poor old Chip. And even Max, like, shows some stones in the scene for no reason. He's like, hey, take me, save my boy. I, I fucked you over, you should let him go. It's like a weird, 
weird sort of heroic he, sacrifice he goes to. to kill all the kids so that he's just like no I'll just immediately change yeah he's got no dedication to his fucking things at all um yeah I think that's like, that whole scene is probably my favourite um after this point as you can imagine Batman sort of saves the day and whatever the fuck but I just I like how clean and well done that scene is compared to most of the other the, the rest of the like movie the most fucking stupid thing ever it's bonkers it's all the penguins come happening and it makes no sense and then Alfred hacks the penguins so they go home not even that like <laughs> just the entire ending is just so fucking stupid I don't think I've got a sequel they've got a bunch of them progressively getting worse what about you Meg what is do you have a favourite scene well there was that one that you were just talking about before when they hmm. said what the, each other said and they were like oh shit and good I was kind of like, yeah, good detective work, Batman, you dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, what, I like there's like a couple frames there where you see um, Max Shrek or Christopher Walken as a charred corpse with nice googly eyes. That's pretty fun. I remember seeing that very vaguely as a child and not knowing that it had anything to do with Batman. <laughs> Just remember seeing a burnt corpse on TV. Awesome. Yay. Not yeah, too fast. Um, yeah, normally this is where I'd ask if anyone had final thoughts about the movie. Um. I got, I got one, but I'm saving it to last. What, what did you think of it? Interesting. It's a bit messy. Yeah. It's a bit messy, but I didn't, like... I think all Batman movies are pretty fucking messy, really, when you think about it. It's not... I think that's part of the course. It's not the worst one I've seen. What is the worst one you've seen? I don't remember the name. Is it that Lego Batman where there's all the trolls living under Gotham and they all do like the Batman dance? What, just Lego Batman the movie? Because that was shit. No, the other Lego Batman movie. I haven't seen the other Lego which Batman movie. You don't have to, bro. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember which one was. It was the one. It was one of the ones that I did like notes on. Was it Batman and Robin? Probably. Ivy and. That one was. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> what maybe. about you, Trey? What is the worst Batman? They're all shit. What's the best one then? Well, I think I know your in, answer. Whether you know you it or not, unless you want to be really fucking disappointed, don't even watch a live-action Batman movie. Yeah, I, I knew where you were going with this. Just animated. all of the animated ones are good. Yeah, which even ones the shit ones. Even the ones with bad animation. Yeah, like, like Under the Red Hood is probably the most definitive, perfect Batman and film the to Dark date. Knight yeah, Returns ones. Do you have a favorite car? Uh, my favorite is Batman and Robin. Oh um, my god! The one that I hate. Not I'm not animated. I'm. The one that's probably the worst. Yeah. Is the Riddler Two Face one. It's my yeah, favorite I movie. I know of all time, I, not just of Batman. The problem that I have. I have fun with it because it's so bonkers shit. I enjoy dud movies so but much. But that's the reason that I like it, which is why I think it's bad. So it's like bad good? It's so bad it's good. It's it's Ride to Hell Retribution the movie. You only think it's good if that's what Oh, if you went in expecting Christopher Nolan, it would break your heart. For us, like, we think it's the be-all end-all. But if I showed my nephews who have never, like, that's not how they grew up, they'd be like, Frack is that? I don't know, it's just a big spaghetti mess. Yeah, our, like, our we sit there and watch Batman and Robin and we're like, this is a good film. This is hilarious. Showed it to my nephew and he was like, why is it all the butts? Yeah. Batman and Robin is like if Scary Movie did just a Batman movie. I've got a what? bad... No, not a bad. I've got an unpopular opinion okay. in this sort of Do it. circle of Do it, you bitch. I think the best one I've seen so far... It's the one with Heath Ledger. Yeah, well, it's probably it's the best not, live action one. That doesn't yeah. mean it's good though. It, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's, but I honestly I mean. I think, think the worst Batman one. movies mm-hmm. is either Batman Begins or Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises is, is like so piss balls. Well, Christopher Nolan didn't want to do it after Heath Ledger died, and they're kind of like, "Well, you contracted, so make a fucking movie." It's like, "Oh no, but everyone thinks so that's such I'll a good it. one." Yeah. Like, come see Sp- or Spider-Man Homecoming sequel featuring the Green Goblin, who is a French mercenary with a sword, and that's it. Yeah. Let's just completely fucking change a character, <laughs> but give them a name. Yeah. It's not Bane. 
Tali is shit. Ending mm. shit. Catwoman was fucking worse than Tali Berry. Good thing Alfred went to that cafe. Yeah, you like, fucking idiots. That's such a bad movie. <laughs> All right, so um, today I bring a final piece of trivia that cannot be avoided and it needs to be discussed. Oh, no. Blame needs to be placed. People often say Michael Schumacher is the reason for the Batman movies, you know, declining at this point after Tim Burton steps down. Um, but I suggest you place that blame squarely at the feet of Mr. Ronald fucking McDonald. Why? Here we go. That's yes. right, students. Oh. The bad movies are McDonald's fault. So the merchandise from the surprise hit of 1989 Batman was very lacking. No one really expected it to be the fucking juggernaut that it was. So this time everyone was ready. McDonald's contracted a Happy Meal deal before, like, the fucking trailers. They were not going to miss this out to Burger King. Um, so when they did, they got the Happy Meal toys for a movie with bondage ladies, you know, whip-twirling latex-wearing bondage ladies, child genocide, and a shot of Christopher Walken's burnt corpse. They shit the fucking bed about it. Parents shit the fucking bed about it. (laughs) So, they told Warner Brothers the next one better be fucking child-friendly. And from there, several other companies did the same. Like, all the toy companies were like, Hey, McDonald's is right. This is hard to sell toys about. Mm. So, wanting the franchise... Because they're making money off the movie. Yeah. But, wanting the franchise to be, you know, make more money... Warner Brothers just turned it into the fucking toy catalogue of the Batman movies to come with Arctic Suit Chris um, George Clooney and like 70 Batmobiles always having to change the Batmobile so you had to buy a different one I reckon Val Kilmer was the worst Batman than Clooney he was no so way. shit fuck you man he's good that remember he like he did not show a bit of Bruce or Batman personality at all he was like I think Bruce is okay Oh yeah, and he and specifically says, point. "I'll get drive-through." That was added to the script to put into the McDonald's commercials. Like, wow. Yeah, like it's McDonald's's fault that those movies became what they became. Like, yeah. When I think back to that one's Batman and Robin, yep. isn't it? Yep. Like, he doesn't act; he just speaks his lines. Hmm. Like, it, it was the worst one of them all. Yeah. So next time you go and get yourself a Big Mac, you tell that lady at the counter. Thanks for Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze, you fucking dickhead. And you tell her that it's her fault. You're the one who thinks that's good. I think it's good, but I know I'm wrong. (laughs) I know full well that I'm wrong. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so Poontang, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Or, Um, take some mild drugs and just watch the Netflix Daredevil. And pretend it's Batman. And the hallucinations will make you think it's Batman. Oh, it's a perfect Batman year one. Yep. Yeah. So, um... We didn't really do a homework question for today, but... I was going to ask who everyone's favourite Alfred is. That's a good one. I was going to say favourite McDonald's toy, because I just ranted about McDonald's for a bit, and then I started thinking about other sick-ass Happy Meal toys. Yeah, you do yours. I don't know. You like Michael Dodd, but he's terrible at his job. He's like, oh, Mr. Wade, there's definitely a secret thing over here you need to be doing. Don't worry about this, everyone at this party. Here's your cake. Yeah, but if you're a shitty... movie you can only act to your movie yeah. I still think he's good he let Vale in the cave, cave man that's crazy yeah but he they wanted all help he, in the back he cave let Vale in the back cave because he's like if she knows all his secrets she'll leave we him. can be together and they can have the sexes all the time and then they'll have a baby and then I can look after the baby yeah and then he gets to Damien he's like well I fucked that plan off yeah. I fucked this plan up worse than Danny DeVito's penguin fucked up all his own plans. Oh no. But he's old without being like old crony. Yeah. There's, there's only two, isn't there? Two Alfreds? Yeah. In the original movies, it's just the one actor. Yeah. Same as Pat Bingle being one. the. You've got the Nolan one. Well, he sucks. He's name? creepy. What's yeah. the guy in the movie? They had a ruby the size of a tangerine. Well, Jeremy that- Irons. He's now Alfred. Oh, I reckon he's alright. He's not bad, he's but he he clearly hates the shit out of Bruce. Like yeah. he's not very nice. But, like I'm still not saying he's good, but the one yeah. in the Nolan movies, he's so creepy, and that's where that yeah, theory like came from that it's his kid. He fucked Martha. Yeah, when he's at the fucking grave, that's and he's like, like oh, so I fucked weird. it up. I fucked up your son. And the one out of these older movies, he's too fucking stupid to be Alfred. 
Once again, the cartoons win. Yeah, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Zimbalist Jr., I can't think of his first name. Is it Justice League or Justice League Unlimited where he's just mean to Flash? Yeah, he's got a fucking He's like, oh, there's a dinosaur statue and he goes, oh, and I thought Batman was the detective. Yeah. (laughs) He's just a dick. Animated series, Bruce Timm version of Alfred, is smart, he can, he he knows his shit, but he's also like, he's sassy as fuck. Well, because Alfred is, like, the mm. time he pulls guns on people and yeah. says, like, I'm not Batman, I'll shoot you. I love a, I love a shotgun-wielding Alfred. Not, it's so amazing. But that's the thing. Not so much in this one, but in Batman and Robin, he does have more sass. Yeah, and then he's got yeah, McGregor it's, syndrome It's more and retardation sad. than sass. Yeah, it's more just ridiculousness. No, it's not. No, he um, fits in with the rest of the actors. He I was just like shit. Him. It's surprising that they took the time, but Arkham Origins, a Batman video game, went into a lot of Alfred conflicts, and it was very well done. Yeah. Alfred is one of Kai's favourite Batman characters. I love Alfred. I don't like the new Alfred. I don't like Alfred in Gotham. He's not Oh, no, he's not. Uh, we don't really he talk teaches, about Gotham here. He no, no, we might. Punch and Be- because I really want to see the Professor Pig episode just to see any Professor Pig in a live action form. Oh. I want to see that one. The rest of the fuck it off. Should, I just want to see him kill get, someone. They should get the Ramstein dude to be Professor Pig. Hey, if you're listening, if you're listening, YouTube praise aboard by who? Lindemann. Yeah, look that up. It's fucking funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If we got a cease and assist letter, that would be special because that means someone heard this fucking show. And on that note, this show has come to quite an ending. Also, we did it. Um, it's been another episode of the School for Wayward Nerds. I've been Toby DePola, joined by my beautiful producer Kirsten, and my oh, even more beautiful co-hosts Meg and the Cola. Um, who the fuck was Felicity? I do have problems of my own. Class dismissed. Wow. That's a goldfinger. Gold yeah, that would be. Oh. Meg, what? we out. We out. We out of here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>